This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. There is there's an amazing shifting of chairs that are going on here. Uh, and the, the mainstream media doesn't seem to recognize it at all, that they are now starting to sound like, oh, I don't know, the Tea Party did. Um, they're now talking about their constitutional rights that are disappearing. And man, if I wanted to be a jerk, I would say, really, can you tell me which rights have disappeared? Because isn't that what they said to us for the last eight years? We can't play that game anymore. I want to play some amazing pieces of audio for you. But I also, I want to start with some good news. We had a caller call in yesterday who totally changed his life. He said, I started almost as a communist about eight months ago. Now... I listen every day, and I can't believe how blind I was. We're going to start there right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Programme. It's an amazing thing. I am now reading articles about how the Hollywood left is they're buying luxury bunkers. And what is it these people know that uh, the rest of us don't seem to know? All of a sudden now, prepping is also uh, kind of cool for, for the left, I guess. Now there's a reason to uh, hunker down. To me, this says... We can make the case that the presidential powers are far too great. That if half of the country is terrified under a Democrat, and then we, re- then we replace him with a Republican, and the other half is terrified, we got a problem. And gee, who said that? Don't give those powers to the president, because <laughs> yeah, you're not going to like it eventually. Yeah, right. We, uh, we said that during Bush. Yeah. We said that during Bush. This is the real problem. I, I want to get into this here in, in just a second, but I want to start with a phone call that we had um, yesterday that I think is, I mean, we had so much mail and so many Facebook comments on this because it shows that, A, there is hope and that people are open-minded if you present yourself the right way. Listen to this. Let me start this way. I was a very, very progressive liberal, almost to the point of communism. I, I believe everybody should be, you know, in the, the wage gap and all that stuff. So a buddy of mine that I've known since I got out of the Army, um, he, 
he came to me one day and gave me your book, and one of your books, and he says, he said, Which you've got to read this, Liars. Okay. And he said, mm. you've got to read this book. And I said, oh, come on, really? And No, you've got to read this book. You'll, you'll never believe some of the stuff that's in it. So it, he told me the first chapter to go to, and it was in August, so I can't remember, to be honest, what chapter it was. But it was the, the part of the book where it, it talked about how they helped with prohibition. Oh, yeah. And how they put um, poison in the alcohol yeah. mm -hmm. to find out the tracking routes of where it was going. Yes. So that, I, I read that, and my jaw hit the floor. And I, You looked it up, too, didn't you? You didn't believe it. I did. Yeah. And I, the day I finished that book in three days. It was, the most, it was the most amazing book I've ever read. And I said, I've got to do more research on this, and I've got to find out who this Glenn Beck guy is. So I went to YouTube, oh and I searched your name, and I found a video that you did on The Blaze. I don't know how long ago it was, but you spoke to a guy that was an alcoholic, and you talked to him about um, some, I forget who said it, uh, it was to Peter Carr, and oh, yeah. the, the statement was, set reason firmly in her seat. Jefferson. And question, and question with, with boldness the very existence of God. For if there is a God, he must rather honest questioning over blindfolded fear. I will never forget that statement. Because that mm. statement brought me to Christ. I was an atheist before that. <laughs> Holy cow. And I will never, wow. ever, ever so be So you were a communist and atheist. atheist. <laughs> yeah. And how long ago was this, Josh? I, I got that book on August 15th of this year. Of this year? Yeah. Wow. I, vote, I voted for Barack Obama twice. I'm sorry, but I did. Wow. Holy and cow. I would have voted for I would have voted for Hillary Clinton with with vigor. However, I've I pulled the lever for Evan McMullen this year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you didn't and even I go have never wow. ever. Oh my ever. gosh. I saw I I'm telling you. I want to be as serious as I can with you, Glenn, because this is a dream of mine to speak to you since August. I have never ever realized the difference but i thought i thought all conservatives hated me i thought conservatism was hate was complete hate until i listened to you wow That's... this is this is a dream come true this has made the last year um totally worth it um could before we go back to this phone call um because we talked about um, we talked about a few things um, with him on and what how because that's quite a statement to make. But I want to I want to shift gears and can we go to Mika and what Mika um, said on MSNBC was this today or yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Hey, listen to this. And you have Elizabeth Warren who's stepping out and basically looking like she's going to be the de facto head of the Democratic yeah. Party nationally. That is a... Do you lead on anger, though? Because 
That doesn't seem very constructive to me. She's, I got to tell you, I love her. I'm getting tired of this act. She's definitely giving voice to wow. the people in the party and in the country who think Donald Trump is a disaster for the yeah, country. Yeah, well, you know she's what? There's a huge part of the country that doesn't think so. Right. And Listen she might want to be a little inclusive because she's wow. sounding like the people she's accusing <laughs> of being exclusive. I mean, she's just got to stop. I'm sorry. It's getting exhausting. And this, this was not helpful during the campaign. It wasn't. There's an anger there that was shrill and and um, a step above what it needed to be, unmeasured and almost unhinged. How about that? Now, listen, what people will want to say on our side is, wow, is Mika turning conservative? No, no. She's changing her tone. She's changing her tone. That is critical, just critical. And that's what we've been talking about. That's what the book Liars tried to do in the writing. And obviously, at least for one person, it was successful. It, we tried to say, look, this isn't a Democratic problem. This is a Democratic and Republican problem. And this is not a, a liberal problem. This is a human problem. And nothing proves better what you've been trying to say for a while now. Better than this. Because how did that make all of us feel? Everybody listening to that are like, right. wow, wow, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> exactly being right. a little bit reasonable and, and seeing the honest. other side and honest. And honest. Well, so you if we did the same thing, correct. how will the left feel? Correct. And you're not going to get everybody on the left. You're not going to get the diehards. You're not going to get the diehards. But the diehards but some eventually... reasonable people might be able to come together. Yes, and the sides. diehards will eventually be the absolute outer fringes yeah. that no one will listen to. Another great example of this was David Axelrod, of all people. Right. I, who was in the Obama administration, obviously a, par, a real hardcore partisan, and does, it hasn't changed his beliefs. But while Trump was getting beat up for not naming his people fast enough in his cabinet, Axelrod came out and said, wait a minute... By this time in our administration, we hadn't named anybody, and I don't remember any criticism. <laughs> we need more of honesty. that. Right. A little bit of honesty right. goes a really long and way. And if we can, if the, if, the, if the right can lead the way in this, if we cannot play the same game and not trash our enemies because they're our enemies— but call them as we see them. Not remain silent when a, a, an injustice is happening. Let me give you one. Let me show you an example. Right now, you have Breitbart being um, uh, boycotted. Well, first of all, I don't believe that Kellogg's was ever a major sponsor of Breitbart. Maybe... But I don't ever remember seeing Kellogg's cornflakes all over. And this was done to us. There were people that would say they were going to boycott us that never spent money with us. We were never on part of their buy. They and never yet it counted. Everybody counted it. That's the 37th sponsor. Yeah, like eight of them, right. four of them, one of them. It was a sponsor before. Right. I mean, really, most of them were like, BMW will never advertise. Well, they never advertise on talk radio. They never advertised with me before. So, A, I think this is the press doing to Breitbart what the press did to us, what the left did to us. 
I don't believe that 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 boycott of Kellogg's is even real. But even if it is, let me make the case. And everybody knows how I feel about Breitbart and Bannon. So I have nothing to gain here. Let me tell you why I think it is a problem. I believe in legal boycotts. I believe you have the right to do it. It's free market. You have a right to spend your money as a business or, uh, uh, or uh, an individual any way you want. It's your money. So if you want to do a boycott, you can do a boycott. But let me show you why it's not good. Breitbart, if the, if the numbers are right, and I'm trying to look this up, if the numbers were right in the last 30 days, Breitbart claims they did 45 million uniques. That's a lot of people. It's a great number. That's a great number, and that's a lot of people. Okay, so 45 million people, Kellogg's, you're going to say, I don't want any of you? I don't want any of you. Now, Breitbart has said they are, they are the platform for the alt-right. Okay, that's a pretty big choice. To me, I'm not reading Breitbart anymore because I don't want to support something that, has, that, that says I'm going to give this group of people a, a platform. I don't agree with that. But 45 million people don't care. 45 million Americans. Now, let me just give you this. Remember Richard Spencer? He's the guy who's the leader of the alt-right. He had a, he had a big get-together in Washington, D.C. This was their big victory lap. How many people showed up? I think it was like 80 million. Right, 80 million. Well, 45 million, right? <laughs> right, no. 275 people. A little less than that. Yeah, 275 people showed up. Is that less than 45? Yeah, it is less than 45. Now, you you don't need 30% of the population for a real movement, but you need maybe, well, definitely more than 275. (laughs) (laughs) If this bright, the point is, is Breitbart's audience is not alt-right. And this is the point the press has got to understand. They're all touting. Here, let me give you this. This is from the uh, Daily Tar Heel. This is the newspaper for the University of North Carolina. Here's their headline. We can, this is the editorial board. Right? Are they considered pretty liberal? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. This is the editorial board. We can all learn from Glenn Beck's change of heart. And it goes in to say, we're living in a world that is in perpetual status quo with different ideas for directions on where to go from the norm. In many cases, the far right and silent majority have won, leaving many of those who generally aligned with that party to be ecstatic. Um, Goes on to say, I'm going to skip a bunch. Um, uh, Regardless of which side you stand on these issues, let's praise Beck's open-mindedness to new ideas and perspectives. Now, they are saying that I... I'm praising Black you've Lives changed Matter. on certain things like Black Lives Matter. And I haven't. You haven't. I haven't. No. What I have done is what Mika has done and changed my tone. And I've said, let's listen, not to the people who are praising Fidel and want an end to American capitalism, who are at the top of Black Lives Matter. 
but instead the people on the street who are not violent, who are not calling for death to cops, who just are wound up in this group that I believe is the majority of them. The majority of people that are saying, you know what, at least Black Lives Matter is is stepping up and and getting people's attention. I don't believe they want to destroy America. We need to listen to people who say, no one's hearing me. That, now, by boycotting 45 million people that read Breitbart, what are you doing? You're saying you're not even worth listening to. You're not even worth marketing to. I never want to see you again. That's a mistake. Because point zero 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 one percent of the people who read Breitbart are Nazis. 275 Nazis showed up last week in Washington, D.C. Well, alt-right people, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I got some of those tendencies. Perhaps. You're, uh, the 275? No, they were giving the Hitler salute. I, I will call them. Nazis. Were they? No, oh, they yeah. were saying hail, hail Trump. That yeah. was their big excuse. Yeah. They're like, it wasn't Heil they, Trump, they, it was Hail Trump. They, put the, <laughs> they actually did the Hitler salute so and said Hail Trump. They said Heil in English. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah. good. Right. good uh, right. That was that's I, unique. Completely different. <laughs> completely different. <laughs> so I want to go back to this guy. But again, the point of the phone call that came in yesterday and the point of Mika and the point of Liars, the book, if you haven't read the book, we worked really hard on it, and it, it was a best-selling book, and it's really good. Please get it for Christmas, especially if you know somebody who has an open mind. Like this guy. Right. And may I suggest that we need an open mind, that we need to be approachable to people on the left. I don't mean that you, that you change your principles. I, I, I haven't changed People believe I have. I have not changed my principles. I am changing my approach because this doesn't work what we've been doing. It doesn't work. And it's going to lead us into very dark and bad places. We need each other. We need to be able to listen to each other. We need to be able to... How many of us had a Thanksgiving where we just couldn't stand sitting at the table with our own relatives for political reasons. I understand not wanting to sit at the table for other reasons with your family, but not political reasons. And now this, those blinds you've been ignoring because they're broken, with a measuring tape and a screwdriver, you can replace them and install new custom blinds from blinds.com. I apologize for my voice today. Pat and Stu and I have all used blinds.com, and you can too. Blinds.com has a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you mismeasure, you pick the wrong color, they'll remake your blinds for free. They're really tremendous. Blind shade, shutters, drapes, whatever you need. And get made to order custom blinds without paying the custom prices during the blinds.com Cyber Monday sale. It's been extended through Thursday. When you order one blind, you'll get a second one for 50% off with the promo code BECK. That happens until tomorrow. Go to blinds.com, use promo code BECK, get 50% off your second blind. 
but only until December 1st. That's blinds.com, promo code BECK. Rules and restrictions do apply. Blinds.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time magazine named Casper mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine. And they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep. Casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. $50 off the purchase of your mattress at Casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. We have to play the rest of this guy's phone call that came in yesterday. We had so much response on it. Um, And it all stems from him um, reading the book. A friend giving him the book Liars and saying, you just have to read this chapter. And... He claims it has changed his life. He was an atheist, progressive, almost communist, he said. Now, he's a constitutionalist who's reading the Bible. It's absolutely unbelievable. We asked him yesterday, what was the turning point? You have to hear it. It's next. If you happen to be watching, I know we're getting a lot of uh, comments on uh, Glenn looks like uh, Santa today. Um, <laughs> I am recording a another Christmas show yesterday um, for history. Um, his story, we uh, recorded the story of Santa, which doing the research on Santa and where Santa came from and all of the traditions. And does anybody know how we got the name Kris Kringle? Does anybody know where that came from? Anybody well, know how we yeah, got Santa? Came from, came from Santa. It was his actual name. <laughs> no, no. Thank you. No, it's fascinating Thank when you, you find out. Does anybody know where, where, how we got Santa Claus? How we got the name Santa Claus? 
it's his, his name. name at the North yeah, Pole. Yeah, it is. No, it is. It it is a fascinating and bizarre trip that takes you to places where the real Saint Nicholas supposedly um, uh, healed and brought back to life three children that had been butchered by an innkeeper um, who put, listen to this, this is crazy, Um, butchered these three children who were on their way for a blessing from the bishop of uh, Myrna, uh, St. Nicholas, and they never showed up. And so St. Nicholas went and started to look for them. They had stayed at an inn halfway to the bishop. Well, this innkeeper was an unscrupulous innkeeper, beyond unscrupulous, and killed the children, chopped their bodies up, and then put them in these vats to uh, salt the meat, and he was going to make them into meat pies. And, uh, the, and so the bishop, St. Nicholas, came and was... Uh, and reassembled the children and brought them back to life. Yes, that is the legend. Reassembled. Wow. And, and I love this one. And forgave the innkeeper, which I would have called for an investigation. But uh-huh. forgiveness is another way to go, I guess. Yes. Don't yes. chop. A, he promised me he would not chop up any children and sell them. Of course, in he, pies. he could have forgiven him and then put him in jail. Yes, but I he did forgive didn't. you. But no, you're going he didn't. In jail, no, he didn't. There's more to that story that is even more incredible. Um, but uh, so yesterday I recorded that show, and that airs in a couple of weeks. Um, his story on uh, Santa Claus. Today, I'm doing The Vault and, the, um, and some of the trappings of, of Christmas and where they came from. And I hate the trappings it's, of Christmas. Well, then you shouldn't watch the, the trappings. But anyway. <laughs> um, all right, let's go back to this caller who called in yesterday and I think makes such a great point on um, the power of speaking softly, evenly, and the power of friendship of somebody not giving up on you. This was a guy who he said he was so progressive he was almost a communist and an atheist. His friend read my book, Liars, gave it to him and said, you just have to read this chapter. It'll blow your mind. He did. He is now considers himself a constitutionalist and... A, uh, a religious guy. He's now reading the Bible. I asked him yesterday, so what was the turning point? What happened? Listen to the power of our founding documents. Listen to this. Is, there, is that it? Yeah, he just said, I. That was a shorter clip, that was that was a shorter clip than I thought. And he did not yeah. get into the Constitution at all. You right. feel the passion, right. though. Yeah. All right, let's. I had always heard the statement of, I believe it was Stalin, that said, in order to make an omelet, you got to crack a couple eggs. Yes. And I never really took that to heart until I read your book. And I realized that it was true that by hook or by crook, a progressive will get whatever they have to get done, done. And no matter what wake stands behind them or who stands in front of them, it doesn't matter. And what you were talking about just a second ago, if I may, I don't want to veer too far off, but what you were talking a second ago about, you know, what would make you a progressive in your face, 
the first question that came to my mind, because I, you know, when I read that book, I was awestruck. And I said, wait, none of this fits without something making it so. What I mean that, what I mean by that is, you can't have these rights if they didn't come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I read, I, I, I said, you know, there's, there's got to be somewhere this starts. So I read, I went and got a pocket copy of the Constitution. And I said, let's start from the beginning. Jeez, Josh, do you realize how remarkable you are? And rare? I mean, you are just so <laughs> rare to A, have the open mind, to B, be willing to challenge the things that you hold dear, to C, then go do the actual work but see, the yeah. thing is, is remarkable. Is don't hold those things dear. But that's the problem, is mm-hmm. that they don't know what to believe in. So they believe in nothing but the state. That's what I was. That's where I was. I had nothing to believe in, Glenn. And then I said, okay, these rights come from a creator. And when I read, when I watched your video, I said, I have to find that creator. I have to find where this all began. It is. I have been saying for a while now. And I've been saying it. I just got a call from somebody last night who said they saw me on NBC um, election night. And they said they hadn't heard me for a while. And um, a big conservative guy. And he said, we're watching NBC. And he said, you come on. And then you get off. And I didn't see it. I didn't watch what they said afterwards. But apparently Tom Brokaw and everybody else verified total voice of reason. And he said, my wife and I looked at each other and went, Glenn Beck <laughs> is the voice of reason? Glenn we don't even Beck? say that and you pay us. Right. <laughs> and this is a friend of mine. Okay, This is a friend of mine. Glenn Beck is the voice of reason? How upside down is the world? But the point that I've been trying to make to the New York Times and everybody else and to you We have much more that we agree on than we disagree on. If we say, let's build a road back to each other, what is it that we can agree on that's big? That's not about policies. That's big. Well, I think we all find a few things... um, total common sense that that we don't even we were never taught that they just they just are true that we were created and that each of us were given certain rights and and everybody knows the minute you're born you have rights that but you can't just do whatever you want to that baby that baby has rights that baby has a right to have a life, to explore life the way it decides to explore, to go and make its way in the world, and nobody can take any of that stuff away from it. We know that. Well, that's, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that government 
is instituted among men, that, that we created this government for the sole purpose, its primary purpose is to protect the rights of that child, to make sure that child has no one um, telling that child what to do, that that child has every right from the moment of birth to the moment of death, that those certain inalienable rights remain with that child. That's why we have put government together. And when a government becomes opposed to that, or becomes a threat to those rights, that the people have got to abolish it or alter it. And most importantly, not fall into chaos, not not just say, we're going to burn the thing down. You have the right to alter or abolish and replace that government with a government that will protect those rights. Who disagrees with that? See, the reason why we're arguing is because we're not talking about principles anymore. You'll know the right way to vote. You'll know the right way to go when we can all agree on that. The progressives want to take and destroy and I know this sounds like hyperbole, but it is true, and you can look it up. Read anything from Woodrow Wilson on the Declaration of Independence. He despises the Declaration of Independence. And when he, when he isn't out and out ridiculing it, when he's trying to play up to an audience that might love the founders, he'll say things like, it was a great document for its time, but it has no relevance today. Well, yes, it does. First of all, all laws that are signed in by the president date the date and then say 200 and X number of years from um, uh, July 4th, 1776. All laws signed in don't go to 1791 for the Bill of Rights or 1789, the Constitution. All laws signed in with the president's signature date back to July 4th, the Declaration of Independence. And why is that important? Because the Declaration of Independence is the idea of America. The Constitution is the engine on how to make it work or the framework or the the fence around the idea. The Constitution means nothing without the idea. And the idea is, is that all men are created equal. It's why the government didn't fall apart. And it's why, quite honestly, anybody on the left, you have to love the Declaration of Independence because it was the Declaration of Independence that freed the slaves. It was the Declaration of Independence that was used as the argument to free the slaves. It is the argument used by Martin Luther King that all men are created equal and it's time our country lives up to that standard. Because that's the idea. And it says in there, and among these rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then the Constitution furthers that 
and says, okay, there's these top 10. And then it has to go further because, okay, all right, you weren't ready at the beginning. Freedom, freedom, no slavery is a right that I guess we have to write down for everybody. We come together when we start talking about the principles of America. And you saw it happen right there. You saw it happen with a guy who started with liars and went, wait a minute, I can't believe that this is, this is the truth on progressives? It can't be. It's coming from a book by Glenn Beck. Let me go to the back, look up the footnote. Let me just Google search it. Let me just see if that's true. Oh my gosh, it is true. Well, why doesn't this work? And it leads you back to the things that we all hold self-evident. Now this. Hundreds of fake retail smartphone apps have been popping up, posing as well-known brands. They can get you to enter your credit card information or gain access to sensitive data like your birth date and address. And with Christmas coming up, please watch yourself on this. Keep an eye out for the apps. Pay close attention especially to the use of proper English um, and no previous uh, um, uh, reviews on this. Take steps to protect your personal information. But the biggest thing you could do is use LifeLock. If you're a LifeLock member and you become a victim of identity theft, they have a U.S.-based team, and you know this because you've had the U.S.-based team help you resolve your case. It's almost impossible to do it by yourself. Free credit monitoring will only detect the problems, LifeLock detects and fixes the identity problems. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but LifeLock is the best identity theft protection available. And right now you can get a special 15% discount. Go to LifeLock.com or call 800-440-4936. Use the promo code BEC15. That's BEC15. You'll save 15%. Offer ends at the end of the month. 1-800-440-4936. 1-800-440-4936. Promo code BEC15. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. guest on with us in about an hour or so um, about the um, about currency and the digitization of currency I, I, I will tell you I'm, I'm reading this great book right now um, and it I've, I've spent like a week on it and I'm only about halfway through because I keep stopping and googling and being like that can't be true wait a minute, that's true. Then I read another line and be like, wow, I got to learn more about that. So I've been, it's one of those books that you read and you start going off and, and uh, under tangents and it's called Currency Wars. And it is, it is the history of currency wars. And I will tell you, I'm only halfway through and I can tell you what's coming in the future. Because I understand the way currency works, um, 
and the way that the central banks have viewed currency and what they've done um, to currency, that it's not hard to see what's coming our way. Um, And probably in short order, the removal of actual cash is now happening in America. We talk about it. Hour three. Don't miss it. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Hello, America. As we are caught up in our own world, trying to get the kids ready for school, getting them ready to rehearse their lines for possibly a Christmas play, getting homework done, getting our Christmas shopping started trying to figure out the plans of where we're going to be and how we're going to get there for Christmas. Wildfires have ravaged the town of Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and our prayers go out to all of those affected. We are going to talk to somebody who escaped in the nick of time and doesn't know if their house is completely gone yet. We'll talk to them right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Cause we are one. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Cause we are one. Firefighters now are battling more than 20 large fires. The last 36 hours, more than 15,000 acres have been scorched. 14,000 people are, have been evacuated from Gatlinburg, and um, at least 250 buildings have been damaged or destroyed. 100 of those are in Gatlinburg. People um, are in bad shape, and Mercury One wants to be there. Um, we are going to... Um, well, I have some ideas on some things that uh, I want to do. And right now, Mercury One is um, uh, planning on being out there, I think, later this week. No one is being allowed in except for uh, the firefighters now. Uh, but Mercury One is going to be on the scene soon, and we want to do something. And hopefully I'll have more on that tomorrow. But if you'd like to donate, you can go to mercuryone.org, mercuryone.org. Here's what is happening the wildfires um, quickly uh, grew on Monday night due to the high winds. There were winds up to 80, what, 85 or 87 miles an hour. Those are hurricane force uh, winds. They caused trees to fall into live power lines, which sparked new fires. The fire actually started, they say that it was human-caused. Um, we don't know what that means yet. This is, to me... Um, and I say this cautiously, because it might have been somebody just, you know, 
flicking a cigarette out the window. They, and they have arrested a couple of people earlier this year on arson charges in the mountain right. fires, too. So yeah, it may be arson, but if you look at what's happening over in Israel, um, Israel is getting pounded by fires set by terrorists. Um, and this has been one thing that I have, I, I thought of, well, I don't even know, maybe in 2001 or 2002, I remember Jeffy standing together in Tampa saying, California, I mean, if I'm a terrorist, I come to California, I just set it on fire and, and that's easy to do. And that's what they're now doing in Israel. Um, and I hope this isn't the condition, um, in Gatlin, in Gatlinburg. We have, um, uh, we have Greg Ruff on the phone with us now from Gatlinburg. Uh, Greg, how are you, sir? I'm I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. Tell me what your situation is. And um, well, our our situation is my uh, my wife's father uh, lives on uh, Norton Creek, uh, just outside of Gatlinburg, and um, he was uh, he had surgery a little over a week ago uh, for for cancer and. Uh, was at home getting ready to go to bed and uh, had heard about the fires, but was just going to go to bed. Well, his, uh, his stepdaughter, my wife's uh, stepsister, works for the Park Service. She called him and said, uh, knowing that he doesn't have a cell phone, he's an artist and, uh, and kind of lives in his own world a little bit in, in that sense, and um, said, no, you're not going to bed. You're going to leave. <laughs> and so started packing up, and as, as they did, uh, uh, police were outside um, clearing the street. And uh, he's, he's gathering, still gathering things, and, and they're like saying, you've got to go. Uh, and they looked, and the house just on the other side of his is up in, in flames. There's fire across the street, one-lane road uh, going into mountains is on, is on fire. And, uh, and so he, he, you know, he ha- has been evacuated. We have him now uh, safely. Uh, you know, he has a little bit of a memory issues, and uh, we were really concerned about that. And... Um, but we have him. He's safe now. And uh, but he doesn't know if his house is gone. Uh, he's an artist. His home uh, after his wife passed away just a few years ago uh, turned into an art gallery, and uh, that he lives in right on Norton Creek. And uh, you know all of his original art uh, may be gone. Uh, all of his memories, all of his, his kids' oh memories where they grew gosh. up may be gone. How is your house? Where do you live? Uh, I I do not live there. I, I live in uh, I live in Nashville. We went to go get him. Uh, went in there. They let us get in and get him, and um, and and so we have him. And we're trying to find a way to get back uh, back there. His uh, his sister, uh, his uh, his uh, his daughter, I should say, his daughter in law, uh, who works for the Park Service. They thought they had lost their home. They found out that they they did not lose it. Five people who work for the Park Service have confirmed to lose their home. Uh, and so they have, they have to continue to work. Uh, last night they had tornado warnings in Gatlinburg. Uh, they were like, please no, it's raining. There's tornado warnings and people are out. Uh, my, my, uh, my wife's sister-in-law's husband works for the city and he was out at a, at a blockade, you know, in uncovered in uh, tornado warnings with rain pouring down all around and fires uh, still burning. So it's been, it's been, uh, it's been very hectic, uh, to go through all that. Greg, our thoughts and prayers are with you and the family and everybody in um, Tennessee, where, wherever you are. And, um, and we wish um, you and your father-in-law uh, the best of luck. God bless. You know, uh, can I share one more thing? Because sure. I, I hear you talk about hope, and it's impacted me in my life. And uh, so we, we, my father-in-law goes through all this. We came to our house last night. And uh, I'm doing some work because I need to do some work, and, and I'm listening. And he's downstairs with his daughter, and they're laughing. And 
all that kind of stuff. I go down a few minutes later and we're, we're talking and he just kind of, he paused and says, I'm grateful for my life. I've had a good life. I'm glad I'm alive. That stuff doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, that kind of stuff we need in our world today. And, and people like you and, and your, your radio program, your TV program, Mercury One, and the people that work for you that, uh, that are encouraging that type of stuff. And I, I just want to tell you I appreciate it and appreciate oh. what you're doing. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate you telling us that. God bless. Thank you. <clears throat> I don't know if, I mean, I guess in the end I would be glad for my life. But if you got a call as you were in bed, and you said, and your daughter said, no, Dad, you're not going to bed. Got to go. You got to go. And you were like, ah, you might throw some clothes in a suitcase or whatever. But you look outside and you see your neighbor's house is on fire. And the house across the street is on fire. And there's no fireman. It's just police saying, get out of here. What do you grab? Uh, your family. Okay. Yeah. What else? <laughs> I mean, I mean knowing you'll net you and your family and you get out, right? There, you have to. Nothing else. That's it. But you're grabbing, yeah, you're grabbing your pets. You're grabbing your family immediately. Yeah, I, I get that. I might get forget that. My After pet. that, what do you do? I get that. Yeah, I'm talking possessions. I mean, yes, we all know that you're going to grab your family. You're going to get out. But think about that. You're closing the door. And because what you'll do, the normalcy bias is you will say, we've got a little more time. time. You have a little more time. Get the kids in the car, get everything ready. I'm going back in. I got to get what? First thing I'm doing is I'm grabbing anything that's valuable uh, and that I can't bring with me and throwing it in my Liberty safe. That is the first thing I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, I will tell you this. That that is one thing that I I thought of as he was talking was, I have a Liberty safe. We all have Liberty safes. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's 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 not fireproof, they're fire resistant. I don't think anything is fireproof. No, they last up to like big six time hours. Resistant though, and depending on oh, what, yeah, like six hours in a depending flame. on what you're yeah depending. I don't on know if that lasts in a have. fire. I mean, in a forest fire. I mean, I mean, I, know, I how hot are the temperatures for how long in a forest fire? I mean, this is a little off topic from where you're going, but I mean, we've seen pictures of natural disasters that have wiped out entire towns, and the only thing standing is the safe. safe. I know. So uh, that's my. I think, although I probably do that beforehand, right? I mean, if I'm right. if I'm yeah, worried have those. getting close, you're going to stick stuff, you know, stick a bunch of stuff in there. You're going to want to take your iPad. Uh, that's probably the first thing I'd grab because that I goes with me everywhere, and, and I got all kinds of. You know, and plus it helps with communication. Show things on there, and, and it helps with communication. I have, and you'll know I what's have going original on. stuff from George Washington. I have. Oh well, that stuff. I mean gone. that. I mean it's gone. Yeah, it's bye bye. No, you're putting that in the. Well, I mean you're going to put that in the safe two days before when you hear that it's a possibility that the fire oh, yeah. is approaching. Yeah, I'm saying if you're called in the middle of the night, you're called in the middle of the night. Yeah, what do you? And you're like you got to get out of bed right now. You got to go. I mean, you probably are grabbing some George Washington stuff, right? I mean, you probably are. I, I, I think my wife would be like, get your ass in the car now. And I, I think I would be going back in going, no, we can't. No. Jeffy, this is our responsibility. Saying, you'd be saying, Jeffy, I think there's plenty of time. Go back in and <laughs> yeah. sit down. Fat kid, your favorite <laughs> couch. Pop some popcorn. Put something on the sl- I crock can't pot. remember I where. Mean, <laughs> just put it on the crock, crock pot. pot. Wait for it so but over, and then we'll meet you in the driveway. <laughs> you got to have my makeup case. I think it's in the second floor. <laughs> the <God>. Upstairs. <laughs> Yeah. We're saying she wants you to die, but it's only because it's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you'd also... She talks about it so much. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason we're saying it. <laughs> you'd attempt to make 
I, some sort of yeah, you know, you'd think personal. You know, I, I don't know some something that's important. You know, for of you. Imagine or, like what he just said. He's got memory problems. Nothing. Everything will be new. If he's if that house is burned down, everything will be new to him. So he will have no reminders of the kids, of his wife, of anything in his life. As kids, think about, I mean, you know what? When my grandfather died, my grandmother uh, died, I asked for her toaster. My grandfather died, and I didn't get it, but I wanted his badge. That's all I wanted was his, his marshal's badge. Um, How come we didn't get that? Well, because there's more people in the family than me, you know. I'm just saying. So his daughter got the badge. Praying for her death and <laughs> me be able to be there at the safe deposit box to pull it out. But anyway, um, uh, it's the little things that you know. It's it's not it's not some big expensive thing. It's the little thing that you know. It's the it's the little coin uh, cup that my daughter made. When she was in first grade. That so what I have, you're saying is, George Washington, be damned, you're taking the toaster. Well, the toaster can go. <laughs> but, but the, you know, there are things for my kids that, that my kids made when they were right. young. And that, you know. If you have time to prepare, you could prepare all that. Yeah. But if you're called in the middle of the night. Middle of the all night. All that stuff's gone. This guy, can imagine, gone. he's an artist. His lifetime of work, work. Uh, is on the walls. You know, a lot of the stuff, like you put it up at your iPad. I have a lot of stuff for the show. I would think I could get that back on the cloud or something. Not it's this. saved probably somewhere. Not art. I mean, Not it, art. Right. It's, it's, it's gone. Life. It's gone. I think the normalcy bias, it would pop in right there. And you would grab what you could. And it might yeah. cost you your life. Although, of course, the normalcy bias, you know, is usually right. It's normal. The normal situation, usually, if you assume that, you're probably going to get through it. You don't know in those moments. You know, I, you look at the... Uh, my house is on fire. I'm gone. Oh, yeah. I mean... But if my neighbor's houses are on fire and mine hasn't started to burn, okay. I am walking I through I'm, that house. Yeah, you're taking a shot. I'm going into my kids' stuff. rooms and I'm sure. looking. What did they have? You know, mm-hmm. did we hang up that picture that they painted when they were... You know, what yeah. do we have? Yeah. And you're going to grab as much as you can. Yeah. Um, because... I'm getting the Bluebell ice cream out of there, too, because that'll all melt. <laughs> right. Melt. Right. Put it in that. the safe. Yes. Uh, you know what? You know what does help is the uh, the, uh, the iCloud. Yeah. yeah, all of your pictures. You can retrieve a lot of stuff. Yeah, all of your pictures. A lot of stuff. I was looking through on Thanksgiving. We started going through family pictures on the cloud, mm. and we were just going through all the pictures. And I said to Tanya, Tanya, you and I, you know, we were the third child in our family. You know what that's like being the third, being the first child. All kinds of pictures. Being the third child, you're lucky to get a snapshot of your hand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I think that was your hand. We you were know? taking a picture on vacation of that mountain. You, you raised your hand. Sister. Right. <laughs> so there's nothing of you. I looked at those pictures. We're constantly taking pictures now. Oh, yeah. Our kids' lives are documented unlike anything ever oh, before. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, any like any other generation. And there's some bizarre stuff. I should actually find out exactly what it is. But it's something like half the pictures ever taken in human history have been taken in the last year. I believe that. Oh, I believe something that. like that. It's, I believe it's, that. It's almost that ridiculous. And it's because we just now, I mean, my wife will post 40 pictures a day. 
40 pictures a day. Like, I, I, I go through looking for pictures of myself as a kid. I mean, you know, I have a few stragglers. Right. Oh, yeah. That's about I know. It. Me too. Me too. And every once in a while, my mom will say, hey, I found a, a, some, some pictures. I'm going to send them to you. And, you know, you yeah. get a couple more. But that, that was it. You, you had a few that you kind of remember. Yeah. yeah. I remember there's no picture of me that I can see from my childhood that I don't remember. Yeah, you right. know what I mean. Yeah. You know all of the pictures. Classics. My kids don't remember so, all. They'll be like, "Where was that? What were we doing? When was that?" I mean, and you'd be like, "I, I don't know." Yeah, I mean, I, I mean it's amazing I, how many pictures. I was outside yeah, the Target. My, my kid yeah. had a uh, right a Thanksgiving, you know, little program last week, and uh, and uh, I went up to to tape it with my phone, and I, I I pressed the wrong button or something, and didn't get one of the songs, and I was so mad. And I was thinking that afterwards I thought to myself, there's not one piece of video of me before like 15 years old that exists in the world. No, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> it's like, you know, and right. we, I missed one song. Is that I have one video? Right. Picture, and, yeah. and all you have to do is call another parent right. and yeah. say, can you email that to me? Incredible. Or I mean, touch it's my phone nuts. with your phone. Yeah. And you got it. And you got it. It's crazy. Yeah. Now this... <clears throat> Um, as we're talking about Gatlinburg and talking about what you would grab, there is one thing that I know we would grab. Um, we would pull the car out, and there in the garage is our emergency food supply. And I know that in a fire, my, because we have, it all, we have it all in one place and we have it all ready to go, uh, and all you have to do is open up the trunk, you pull it off the shelf, you put it in the back of the car, and you're gone within a minute. I know my family is A, safe from the fire, and B, we're not going to have to worry about eating because I'll have the emergency food supply. This is the great example of an emergency and how you would need this. I'm not having to go and take my kids to the homeless shelter or to the YMCA and try to figure out exactly how we're going to eat or where we're going to eat. My family is going to be able to eat. Yours will too. Right now, a four-week emergency food supply. That is breakfast, lunch, and dinner for four weeks. For an adult, that includes the drinks and the snacks and everything. It's $99. I think this makes a great Christmas gift. Uh, If you have older kids, um, I think it makes a great Christmas gift for your, well, don't give it to your wife, but his wife, maybe give it to your husband. I know what will happen. You give it to your wife and she'll say, thanks a lot. And then you'll, you'll never hear the end of it. Maybe she can give it to you. Um, but it's a great gift for the for the family. Eight hundred two hundred seventy one sixty three ninety nine dollars for four weeks of food. If you were in Gatlinburg, that would be in the trunk of your car that fast, and you wouldn't have to worry about any of the kids, any of your family eating at all. Eight hundred two hundred seventy one sixty three. Eight hundred two hundred seventy one sixty three. It's ninety nine bucks. You can go there now or go to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven back. Mercury. Program. Hello, America. 
Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Glad you're here. Uh, people are asking uh, what what uh, people are chiming in on what they would grab in a situation where they find out with no warning that there's a fire that might burn down their house. Yeah. What do you grab out of your house? Right. Uh, uh, one person writes: uh, After my family and pets, I grab my laptop. Has so much of my, my writing. Um, mm-hmm. After after my family, I what I grab are my pets prescriptions. I mean that would be important in in certain circumstances. Legal pet prescriptions. What's that? Pet prescriptions or his no, prescriptions? prescriptions. Comma okay. prescription. Okay. After the pets, yes. prescriptions. Okay. Uh, legal documents, that would be a big one, unless you yeah. have a safe. Um, and then uh, electronics. Um, and then uh, Electronics? Well, I mean, you could just wipe the hard drive. You got that planned. No, Jeff, you're not saying they're worried the, the police are going to find the laptop. <laughs> they want to keep it. It's different oh. concerns than you. Oh. Um, and this one I thought was pretty interesting for Pat. Uh, someone points out that Pat uh, is grabbing his social security cards. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. No question. No, I have heard a lot. I was gone. I have heard a lot of the social security um, It was a vacation nightmare. Yeah, that was. That's all. That's how I spent almost my whole vacation. Was at the Social Security Administration office. That's a great thing. No, no, <laughs> right? Mm. It's oh wonderful. New friends. I mean, it was almost perfect. You have an update on it? Um, yeah, I can give you an update. On it. <laughs> Back in just a minute. Has uh, Tommy Laren on? Big night for her tonight. Big night for her tonight. Yeah. Now, Tommy, in case you don't know, Tommy is um, well. If you don't know who she is, you're living um, a sheltered life, or <laughs> you an, don't have electronic uh, social media. You don't have social media. Um, Tommy joined the Blaze almost two years ago now, um, and she was a pretty unknown um, at the time. She had it was just from started one. Uh, yeah. viral America videos. One or something? Yeah, America no, O-A-N. 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 And she was from America. San Diego. Yeah. And um, we knew her from the rant she did on Obama, and I can't remember what it was concerning. but right. It was like it, col- it, the flag at the White House or, or, or the color of the White House. It was one of those types of things. Might have been, Why yeah. didn't they, you know, they turned it red, you know, rainbow colors. Why didn't they? It was something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, so um, uh, the Blaze hired her. And put her on at night, and she has just taken off. Uh, the BBC is doing a um, uh, report on her today, which is, I think, quite flattering. For somebody yeah. who is the bomb thrower, I mean, she is a, she makes me look like a rookie. Um, <laughs> uh, but she is, she is quite the in-your-face bomb thrower um, and um, wildly popular. Her, her videos 
are 66 million views. Yeah, that was the she did one on Colin Kaepernick, and that's in this BBC profile of her that had 66 million views. There's I mean, another one I think has 70. Yes, because it was at one point that was at 75 million plus, and so it's probably 90 now. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. You know, there's not wow. there are very few people on Facebook. This is that, honestly, I think, movie star status. I mean, on Facebook, on Facebook, it's incredible. She, she has, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Vin, uh, Diesel. From, Vin Diesel. She has that kind of uh, following and attraction. Um, she is she is absolutely remarkable. And she's got uh, that's uh, she's on the Daily Show tonight with Trevor Noah. Yeah. Uh, which should be interesting. Oh. I, I, he did a, l- a lengthy piece about her, uh, I guess, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, they've invited her up. She, she flew up there last night and uh, got a big appearance tonight. So that should be, mm. uh, should be interesting. I'm I mean, yeah. guessing Trevor didn't do a flattering piece on her. Uh, mostly no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say mostly no. Uh, I talked to her last night, actually, uh, here, and she, she had mentioned, like, you know, she, she thought it was really funny. I mean, they, you know, they went after her and they called her very angry. And they couldn't believe a 24-year-old could be that angry about anything. <laughs> uh, but, and it was a somewhat funny piece. Uh, um, but, uh, she, you know, it's, she's going into the lion's den up there. I mean, you know, it's an interesting moment because The Daily Show obviously has struggled without Jon Stewart quite a bit. And, they're, and No, no, no. Not just without Jon Stewart. <laughs> with Trevor Noah. Yeah, I mean, it has, hasn't been... Oof. He's terrible. Hasn't done well so He's far. He's awful. Terrible. Uh, yeah. He's awful. But, uh, you know, uh, they, it's a show looking for a defining moment. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you walk into that situation with someone who's kind of desperate to have a big explosive moment with social media mm-hmm. and, 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 and media attention, and you, you oh, God no. only knows what they're going to throw She doesn't need Trevor Noah. No, oh, no, no. She no. does not need The Daily Show. The Daily Show needs her. Yes. However, I mean, you know, it's all, you know, it's good, it's good you know, the whole, any publicity is good, and, and she, uh, you know, but going into that, that sort of lie instead is going to be interesting. You know, she's certainly prepared for it, doesn't need anybody's help, but it's, it, yeah. you know they're going to come after her with everything that they can. Um, it's it's, it's going to be something I'm going to watch tonight. I, I want to see what happens. It's fascinating to um, uh, watch her here because she is the new, um, you know, she's what the media is going to become. Um, it, they don't need ABC and NBC. And again, The Daily Show needs her. She doesn't need The Daily Show. She's already got, you know, Facebook. She's one of the most watched people on Facebook. Um, and that's, you know, that's the new media. And, um, uh, but it's interesting to watch her uh, here, uh, somebody who's 24, who doesn't have the experience of having to work for people who shut you down every step of the way. You know what I mean? I don't know if she um, and a lot of the younger people that work here um, who this might be their first platform, you know what I mean, business platform, have any idea what life is like at most platforms, especially a mainstream platform where you're not going to say those things. You just know. Right, right. You know, she. But, but we've never really had the um, in-depth conversation of, I've never silenced her. In fact, I've backed her on things she, I wildly disagree with. She, she actually says that to the BBC because um, uh, they're talking about some, uh, you know, you and your, you know, some of your comments in the past. And she says, uh, uh, she says, Laren uh, denies the differences cause tension in the Blaze Studios. Luckily, we have an environment where we can disagree. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly what you want set up. I, I, at least that's what I want. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder what, <laughs> if I want the same things as everybody else. But it's like, I want a place that I'm going to be challenged. I want a place where, you know, people with different viewpoints. Not like, I don't need a, a socialist. To, I got, I'm not, I'm not a socialist. I don't think I'm going to become a socialist. I don't necessarily need to hear their views. But, when, you know, here at The Blaze, you have people who are big-time Trump supporters, people who don't like Trump, people who are, you know, uh, on the more on the populist side, people who are more on the libertarian side. I like hearing all of those people on the progressive side. I have a lot of people who are on the progressive side. Now, you may not know it, but, no, but you know, I mean, we have some people who are very, very liberal who I have great relationship with. I love talking to them. And they love talking to me because what happens is, what's so funny is, is that people in their life are like, you work where? You work for who? Oh, yeah. Who did you just say nice things about? Right. And I, the, I mean, as far as the media sort of personality phase of it, we have plenty of oh, yeah, yeah, work yeah. here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I consume, as you, as you pointed out to the caller yesterday that we played a little bit earlier, it's important to consume all of it. I mean, I consume a lot of, of, of mainstream media. I don't, you know, there are certain lines that you have. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to conspiracy sites. I'm not going to, uh, you I'm know, not going to media matters. So, media matters, yeah. socialist sites. But I, but I do go, for instance, I read the Huffington Post a lot. It is really important, I think, really important for us to read. I did an experiment. I haven't even told you guys this. I did an experiment a month. I didn't read any thing other than show prep i didn't read anything from the right based sources only read it from the left then would read my show prep and i was doing it to see how much how much can they relate to for instance conspiracy theories they would say conspiracy theory clan it's a conspiracy theory oh he's one of these guys who's a conspiracy theory that they're going to take all of our money and we're going to digitize all our cash well, yeah, it, they honestly see things like that as a conspiracy theory because it's not printed in anything that they read. Now, it's actual fact, but it's not printed. And so when we started talking about it six years ago, it was kind of a conspiracy theory because it wasn't happening. But there were rumblings that were happening and there were some good sources that it was coming but even we said that, I mean, how long is it going to be before you have digitized cash? You're not going to get rid of the American dollar. Well, now it's happening. But they still look at that as a conspiracy theory because there is nothing in their media that they read that is backing that up. And so, for instance, I said yesterday that you get ready because the press is going to suddenly find the problems with the economy. They're suddenly going to say, oh, well, look at the unemployment numbers. Yes, they were up, but those are dismal numbers. We haven't heard that in eight years. Mm -hmm. They think that the economy actually is doing well because everything that they read reinforces that. Mm -hmm. When we say the economy isn't doing well... Right. Okay, come on. Stocks are up. Because everything they read... And I did it for a month... You would not believe. I mean, I would come in every day and I'd be like, didn't read that story, didn't read that story, didn't read that story. I understand. I did it because I wanted to understand how do they view us. And the only way you can understand how they view us 
is to step out of it and view and consume only what they're consuming. Do you remember when Obama... We look crazy. When Obama suggested to the left, that, and well, and the right, th- that you should read other sources. If you read yes. the HuffPo, uh, also uh, check out MSNBC. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. There's a wide range. No, he did say HuffPo and Fox News, I think. Did he? Yeah, yeah he yeah, did yeah. say something. I think that was a challenge to the right. If you watch Fox News, also... Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it seemed like a weird, okay, the right was really challenged to stretch. The left was like, you can go from uh, Marxist all the way to socialist. <laughs> right. Oh. No, but it is the only thing that will bring us together. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is, it, 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 we are right now talking at each other from our positions that are becoming more and more narrow. I was talking to somebody, um, a farmer, uh, I was up on vacation and um, uh, he's a neighbor and, and we were talking about how to bring people together. And he said, have you ever thought of an exchange program? Now, this guy was a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. He said, have you ever thought of an exchange program? Like, you know, you'd have to be really careful on who you did it with and you'd have to go in groups <laughs> He said, but do an exchange program with, like, the New York Times. Have some of them come down and be with you for a few weeks, and some of you guys go up with them for a few weeks. And he said, quote, now think of this, quote, you know, we did that in the military. We would would send some of our people over to Russia, and Russia would send some of their people so we could get to know each other. And I said, we're talking about Americans. Think how divided we are to where his solution was, you know, right after the Cold War, we started swapping people so we could understand each other. Russians and Americans. We're talking about conservatives and liberals in New York and the center of the country. But you know what? They wonder why we think, why we don't relate to them. You'll notice if there is a snowstorm and they shut down Washington, D.C., it leads the news and it's wall-to-wall coverage. For days, it's wall-to-wall coverage. New York City's been shut down because of snow. Washington, D.C., snow. Look at what's happening in Gatlinburg. They're not shutting everything else off. The world hasn't stopped. It's Tennessee. This That's elite. another story to them. They are so far away from the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. And we all have the tendency to do that. It was nice to see a few of them realize that during the election, though. Uh, I, I forget who it was we played, but we played a couple of people who actually noticed that. They're, we don't know the, the people in right. the middle of the country. So we don't what, know who they are. So what should we do? The first thing, because we're just as bad. They're saying the things now that we were saying. They are now starting to write. You know, I'd rather, I, I'd, uh, uh, what was the quote I read today about the Constitution? I can't remember now, and I don't want to butcher it. But basically, we're losing our rights. <laughs> You're losing your rights. What rights? He's not even president. The next, the next thing they'll say is we need, to, we need to take our country back. And then we'll have to say, from who? From A white who? man? Right. Yeah. And right. It's the same, same cycle. It's the same cycle. 
And it's only going to get worse because this is the third cycle. First, it happened with George W. Bush and Al Gore. Then it happened with Barack Obama. And now the third cycle. If we don't break it this cycle, it's not going to be good in 2020. Well, you mentioned the economy, too, with these sources, and it's the same thing. I mean, remember during the Bush administration, it was all about, even though the unemployment, unemployment numbers were good, it was these are all bad jobs, uh-huh. Mick jobs. Mick jobs. Uh, these are, you know, underemployment is a it's huge issue. It's un-American. It's not patriotic mm-hmm. to add another dollar to the deficit. We've more than doubled the deficit, and I haven't heard any deficit talk. But I can guarantee you, and I'm going to be one saying it, I can guarantee you when there's a trillion-dollar stimulus package up, um, the press is going to say, the deficit. How could you possibly add a trillion dollars to the deficit? And it'll be the Republicans defending it this time. It will be. It will be the Republicans saying, well, we can't afford to not do it. We've got to stop switching chairs. Um, our sponsor this half hour is Goldline. I, I want you to listen to the next, um, the next uh, half hour. Top of the hour, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the cashless society. And I know to a lot of people that sounds crazy. It did to us. I remember Goldline maybe seven years ago, five years ago, put out a deal on cashless society. And they called me and they said, Glenn, you got to talk about the cashless society. This is real. This is going to happen. And I'm like, okay. I didn't really even talk about it. And they had this whole booklet five years ago on here's how it's going to come. They were right. It is happening. Australia, India, I believe it's happening now in Europe. And I don't want to say the countries, but I think two countries are now playing with it. But two countries, India and, and uh, Australia, are doing it. And it's going to come here. I want you to find out if gold or silver is right for you. Please call Goldline. 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Mercury. Triple eight seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. In a We're just talking here off the air about no Christmas decorations and what a hassle they are taking them up and down the, the stairs and the, and the attic and everything else. I have, uh, I am so simplifying uh, my life. I am. We decorated our tree with my grandparents' Christmas ornaments and the old big Christmas lights and just left it at that. I am just going back in time, man. I like the the simpler, easier stuff for Christmas. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
Oh, I didn't. I didn't get the Thanksgiving on, recovery yes. that you guys are doing. You're you're recovering from Thanksgiving and trying to lose weight. Yes, we are in deep recovery because uh, my Thanksgiving was not one day; it was approximately eight days. Um, so eight full days of Thanksgiving meals can tend to pack them on a little bit. So how much, how much did you pack on? I don't know. I, I, I hid from the scale. I refused to weigh. How much did you pack on? Anybody weigh? I was afraid to look, so I didn't. Because I did. I'm pretty sure it's eight uh, to three pounds. What are you looking at me for? I broke even. You always break even. Yeah, I know. What? How did you do? <laughs> I lost five pounds over not over Thanksgiving. Over Thanksgiving, I lost five pounds. Wow. Uh, nothing makes sense to me anymore. No. My body is just like. Whatever. <laughs> Carrots gain 25 pounds. Have stuffing and mashed potatoes, lose five. What a terrible curse. <laughs> All right. I want to spend some time talking to you about, about digitizing money. What does that mean? I think we are repeating some, some real bad mistakes that you're now seeing happen in Venezuela where they don't even they don't even count the bills anymore they're actually weighing your paycheck how much how much does the currency weigh it's getting to wheelbarrows for a loaf of bread in Venezuela yet hey their stock market is way up what happens and what is happening in India and in uh, Australia and soon in Sweden where they're taking currency away and everything will be digitized. What does that mean? We go there right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. A guy I believe I've been looking for for at least 10 years, um, Chris Martinson. I've been looking for a guy that sees the world in the way that I do, that doesn't buy into the, quite honestly, Harvard Business School or the Wharton School of Business lies that the, the bankers are telling themselves right now uh, about what's coming in the economy and, and how do we get out of this mess um, he's from peakprosperity.com. It, we're pl- proud to have him as a, a Glenn Beck contributor now. Last time we talked about the collapse of pensions and getting out of your pension and taking that lump sum if you have that uh, ability. Um, today I want to talk to him a little bit about digitizing uh, currency because this is not being heard in the media anywhere. They're not talking about it. And, you know, two weeks ago when India... All of a sudden, you can't buy anything with cash over the equivalent of $7 in India um, with cash. When Australia's Citibank, our Citibank, says they're now going to be introducing branches completely cashless, something is coming our way. And we wanted to get uh, Chris on the phone with us now. Hey, Chris, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, Glenn. Good to be back with you and all your listeners. Thank you. Um, so, Chris, tell me, um, first of all, 
for anybody who hasn't heard this, it sounds conspiratorial and sounds crazy that we're going to live in a cashless society. Can you give us any evidence that is that shows no the world is changing rapidly? Well, the, you know, this war on cash actually began a while ago with uh, seeing somebody like Andrew Haldane, who is uh, an official at the Bank of England, or Larry Summers here in the United States. Uh, they started with this war talking about uh, how the high-denomination bills are being used by criminals, by terrorists, right. tax cheats. That's what it was wrapped in, but your listeners need to understand that the war on cash is really rooted in the idea that central banks would love to be able to push you into negative interest rate territory. They feel constrained by the idea that you could take your cash out of a bank and no longer be subject to their policies. And they've been pretty open about it. They've been saying that, but they also use this criminal angle. So that's the same angle that was just used in India by uh, Prime Minister Modi to say, hey, we've got to get rid of these bills because criminals. Right? So that's the argument being used, but it's really to control the money of the people. That's really what it's hard, hard and, here. May I say, Chris, that it, it appears to me to be almost the angle of being able to steal our money uh, as well. Um, they'll do it legally um, by a, a bail-in as opposed to a bail-out and negative interest rates. Um, when, and, and can you explain negative interest rates and what that means to the average person that has any money in the bank at all? Absolutely. I'd be glad to. It should be an easy concept, but it's hard to really understand. But a negative interest rate means if I put $1,000 in the bank and there was a negative interest rate of 10%, in a year I would have $900 left uh, when, we, when we looked at it. So what happens with a negative interest rate is that you hand your money over to some institution or entity and you get less of it back in the future. That's the idea. And the reason they want to have a negative interest rate is, is if they put interest rates down at zero, the idea is they want everybody spending, borrowing and spending, but some people prefer to save. And those people aren't doing their job of cranking the economy up. So how do you force people to spend who don't want to spend? Well, you punish them. And the way you punish them is with something called a negative interest rate. So you, you could, because this is what I would do, I find out that the banks have changed their rules where they can have a bail-in, where we are now the, um, the investor of uh, last in line. Can you explain that? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Um, if the banks go out, um, instead of going to the federal government, they come to the people who put money in the deposits? Well, sure. It's easy to understand if you under, think of a bank not as a, uh, a bank, but it's, it's a company. And when a company goes into receivership, it's entered bankruptcy, it, it no longer it, its assets are vastly exceeded by its liabilities, well, you have to break that company up for whatever's left. And there's a chain of a hierarchy of people who are in line to divvy up the spoils of what's left of this broken company. So what you're referring to is that most people have this wrong. They think that when they put money in the bank, they have money in a bank account. It's not true. What you've done is you've given an unsecured loan to the bank, and the, your asset is the bank's liability. So in a bankruptcy, or if a bank goes into what's called technically a receivership, you're actually at the bottom, almost at the very bottom of the list of people who are in line 
to receive the spoils of whatever's left of that company because you are an unsecured uh, creditor of the bank. So it is a way for the bank to gamble, really, with your money um, and make these crazy investments that we all know are dangerous. Um, and they get away with it because they say, well, the government is going to pay, the FDIC will pay everybody back, so they'll get their money through the government, and then we can take that money and pay off any of our debts or, or whatever. So when I heard about that, my first instinct is, well, I don't want my money in those risky banks, so I'm going to take my money out. Well, if you do that, then the economy really collapses, so you have to trap the money in the bank. And how do you do that? Especially if they want to have negative interest rates and make sure that you're spending all of your cash. Well, absolutely. For, for a government official or a policy official, the, the thing they dream about most is to have you completely trapped and contained so they can do whatever policies make sense to them at the time. So cash gives you as a private citizen an outlet, a way of not being in the banking system. But Glenn, you've characterized it just right. So they're saying, first of all, you have to be in the banking system. We're going to move to a cashless society, so you have to have all of your funds within this system. And then we're going to set the rules of the system, which basically come down to heads we win, tails you lose. Banks take big risks. The risks pay off. They pay themselves massive bonuses. Risks don't work out. They don't get paid off. Then they come after your funds. And we've seen this happen already. That's what happened in Cyprus. That's what happened in some of the Greek yeah. banks. We're soon to see it in the Italian banks. It's spreading. It's a concept. It's coming here. All right. It's already happening in Australia. It's already happening in India. It is already happening in uh, Sweden. They're talking about doing it now, seriously moving in that direction. Um, is this just a, a fluke that these things are happening, or... Is this wheel now in, in motion, rolling down a hill, and it's not going to stop? Well, really, this started uh, actually probably 15 or 20 years ago. So what's happened is that instead of allowing normal business cycles to happen under the Greenspan Fed, remember that name from way yep. back, decided, hey, we're going to defeat the business cycle. But what they really did was they blew bubbles, one bubble, then another, then another, and the whole world kind of got addicted to it. And I think the policymakers, they feel trapped, Glenn. They're looking at this saying, how do we possibly deal with all this money we've printed? What do we do? It's binary. It either expands or it collapses at this point. That's, I think, their fear. And 2008 really scared them, got a lot of people in very high places very worried that they were looking at the proverbial light in the tunnel coming at them. So I think this is a, a reaction. I would also almost call it a normal reaction. But people need to be aware that at the same time these people, I think, were legitimately concerned. Wouldn't you know it, by the time all the rules got written, they really were written in favor of the elites, uh, the very yeah. powerful, the well-connected, and really at the disadvantage of everybody else. And that's just classic sausage-making in Washington, I think. So, uh, Chris, we're, we're speaking with Chris Mortensen from uh, peakprosperity.com. Chris, this is Pat Gray. I, I'm just wondering, it, it's, you said it's taken 15 to 20 years to get to this point. Does that mean we still have some time, or what, what would you or consider the timeline? May I suggest that it, 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 we are one 2008 away from this Yeah, is happening. it something that can just start cascading now be, due to some, we, we talk about it all the time, some sort of event? 
terrorism or whatever, or will this draw out for a while longer? Well, Pat, it's really hard to, to um, make that prediction because what we're talking about here is a complex system. And uh, here's what we know about complex systems. You can't predict what's going to happen or when. It's like a, a, a fault line is a complex system. Scientists study them like crazy because we'd love to know when's the next earthquake, how big mm-hmm. is it going to be. We can't know that, but what we can know is if the earthquake hasn't let go in a while, and it's supposed to, that the chance of the next earthquake happening sooner is higher, and it being larger is also higher. So what's so, happened since 2008 is we've just piled up the risks. We've just made them larger by papering yeah, over. But what, because of what you're saying, what the government counts on then is that, yeah, we can draw this out a lot longer. And that's what they're hoping for, right? They're, they're just hoping to continue the policies that yeah. they had, but, which but, led us here. Right. But they're going to just keep going until we are already blamed. We are already 18 months past a point where a natural recession should have happened. Yeah. So now we never really got out of the problem that we had in 2008. We made it much worse. And going into a natural recession is going to cause all, wreak all kinds of havoc mm-hmm. and will... If they, they will try to solve it with things that will just make this bubble even more dangerous down the road. Chris, what do we do? What does the average person do? Like, for instance, when I saw Australia um, and India both go within two weeks to basically a cashless society in, in uh, India, um, my first thought was, OK, I want to get gold and I also want to get um crazy things like possibly bitcoin what what do you, what do you recommend what does the average person do well the average person i think needs to get into two things you've just uh, identified which are assets that are outside of this crazy system so listen you know if you're if you're on a a, a ship called the titanic and and you see your captain playing slalom with icebergs um get near the lifeboats and in this story real assets are the lifeboats. So I'm counseling people, you know, get out of debt, stay out of debt. If it's non-productive debt, don't, don't do it. Have what's non-productive? Wait, 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 what's, what's non-productive debt mean? Like your house? Yeah, like, like you know, buying a $40,000 car, if you can still get to work in a $20,000 car and be happy okay. as, as, as you can be. But uh, anything that, that you're going to take on, it's basically for consumption, right? So okay. rack up the credit card and, and take that nice trip. That's not going to be helpful here. Um, for many people, unfortunately, Glenn, it includes student loans. If you're getting a, a degree that doesn't really have a job attached to it, that may also be nonproductive. So okay. lots of things to think about because what we learned in the 1930s was that when, not if, but when these bubbles blow up, debt is a stone-cold killer. So being out from under that, very helpful if people can get there. And, and what do you do, like assets, that's gold, that's silver, is that land? Is that what? It is. It's land. I, I particularly love productive land. It's either got timber on it. It's farmland. It's good commercial properties that happen to have, uh, you know, excellent rental histories. Things like that can make a lot of sense. And this is because what's going to happen when these currencies finally give way is there's going to be a big scramble for the exits. There's trillions and trillions of, of dollars floating around that are going to go out and look for real things. And we've been down this path before. History, we've seen it a bunch of times, and it's happening. I heard you mention it before. It's happening right now in Venezuela. 
Um, Chris, I would love to have you on uh, next time. I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, because I'd like to build the case on the, you know, uh, Donald Trump is talking about saying to China that they are currency manipulators. Well, I don't know how we have the balls to say that to China. We're the biggest currency manipulator on the planet right now. Um, and it always leads to the same kind of thing, trade barriers, trade wars, currency wars. And if, we could, if you could explain that a little bit, um, because what I'd like to do over the next few episodes with you is get to the point to where people can understand that this currency, what, what, uh, at least what I'm feeling, Chris, and I'd like you to think about this and then we could talk maybe off the air. But what I think we're, we're headed towards is what we went through in the 19 uh, teens, 20s, 30s, and into the 40s, where currencies were devalued, destroyed, um, hyperinflation happened, the gold standard, then that was manipulated, uh, and the whole world shifted uh, during a war that nobody really understood. Wait a minute, the real power shifted with the currencies. And I think that's happening again. Would you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that, and it takes a little while to, to go through all the Explain, parts. Explain, yeah, right. But people so could need you, to understand what those big pieces are so they can decide right. for themselves what to do about it. Okay, so could you, let's, why don't you and I talk off the air here, and maybe next week we could have you and, and do one other segment and, and start to lay those segments out so people really understand what you and I just said and how that's going to work. Fantastic, I'd love to. Okay, Chris Martinson, he is with peakprosperity.com, peakprosperity.com. Chris Martinson, um, he'll join us again, hopefully, uh, next week. Um, You know, just perfect time for for Christmas. (laughs) Just to help bring in the holiday cheer. Oh, yeah, that is the ho, ho, ho break. It really is. is. That's putting the ho, ho, ho in hope. Uh, Now, Simply Safe. Um, Burglars want your stuff. But there's one thing they don't want, and that is to be seen. Simply Safe has a brand new digital Simply Safe uh, Bluetooth camera. It's completely wireless. If it detects something, um, for instance, if there's glass break um, entry in your house, somebody's broken a window, somebody opens a door, somebody opens a window, there's a motion uh, detected, it automatically turns on the Bluetooth camera and records whatever is happening at that point of, uh, of trip. So when it calls the police, turns on the camera first, calls the police, police arrive, it plays for the police exactly what happened. So you don't have to worry about what did the guy look like. Oh, no, it had it. Hopefully the guy is gone because Simply Safe also tripped the alarm and the guy went, oh, crap, and is run away. But now you have his picture. This is a good thing you're trying to do. This is a good thing. Keep people like Jeffy from ever crossing your uh, threshold. Everything that happens at your home, you can now see with Simply Safe and their new cameras. Check out their new cameras today, simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. Simplysafebeck.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. One, two, one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. I am uh, reading a, um, a new book out um, called Currency Wars, and I can't say it's new. It might have been out for a couple of years. Um, Currency Wars. If you are interested at all in what we were just talking about and you want to see the future, um, read about the past. Currency Wars is a book. I don't know who the author is, um, but it's very, very good and worth reading. Currency Wars. Back in just a second. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. having this conversation about how what do you do where where do you put your your money and most people don't even have money we just talked to chris mortensen martinson uh, martinson i mean yeah from uh good friend of yours Pat, is it peak well, property. Property. Peak well he's thinking prosperity yeah. there's an nfl guy chris he, mortensen. that's, that's, right. he that's where it came that. from you, right. you wouldn't be familiar with him no anyway wow. we asked him what normal people do and he said no debt okay uh, it's hard. It's hard. Some of us have taken care of most debt in our lives, but some have <laughs> not. Gold and silver is too expensive for more, but for so many people. Um, land, really not. You're not, silver you're, is silver not. isn't silver is silver not. is okay. Yeah, I mean, gold can right. be can be. Although you know that's you know we've talked about that with gold line a million times. There's ways to buy yes. it if you want to chip away. Yes. But yeah, yeah, it's not easy. And it's yeah, but, it, but it's. But like you said, it's actually it's not, not if you're for everybody. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's not for not. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you've changed your your mindset on that a little bit lately. But it, it's not for some people. Um, then he said land, and especially productive land like timber or farmland, rental property. That's hard. That's another hard one. It's hard. What can the average person do who's just trying to save enough for retirement? You have to think right. on. What are you going to invest? You in? have to think on commodities. Okay. So when when people say this, and this is the this is the problem. When you say commodities, most people immediately think CNBC. Oh, they're talking about oil. They're talking about rental properties. They're pork talking, bellies. They're to pork bellies. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what I think. But in your in your life, what is a commodity in your life? Well, in my life, this is my commodity, and that ain't going for very much. In, in the world breaks down. Hey guys, I'll come over to your house and. Give you my opinions. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to hear it. I'm out. No I'm first cares. in the line to be eaten. Right. We I all tell are. you a story. Right. So I said to you during the break, one of the things that I'm investing in is I'm going to build a wood shop. Now, I'm not a, I don't, what? I don't have wood shop. Uh, you don't have any skills. I have no skill. Well, no, I was going to say I made a table. Now you have made tables before. Yeah. No, this is a this. No, this one. Was one table actual, is great. The the no. dining room table with the carving. He didn't make that. I didn't make that. I I I augmented that. <laughs> what? I augmented. You didn't, didn't make that one. He did not. I thought you made that. I did no. too. I thought that was a great story where you made this no. wonderful thing for your kids. Well, no, that, I did. No, I did. I made that with he my kids. Drew on it. He yeah, I I carved it. 
We carved it. I didn't make it. Okay. Okay. Uh, that that kind of ticks me off now. What do you I, mean that I, ticks you off? I, <laughs> no, we all. We were you misinformed, all lied to. <laughs> you know, no, pretty much. Or okay. perhaps. So anyway, first. I didn't make that table, but I did. I'm trying to find this. I did make. Uh, I did make another table just recently, um, and it's not pretty. But it works, and I realized, wow, I don't have any skill whatsoever. Oh, yeah. I, I had this experience like this uh, in the summer. I, we wanted to get a doghouse, and I was thinking, maybe a little doghouse for our Big dogs, one. right? And I was just like, I went to the store, and it was like $719 Correct. trillion dollars Correct. for a doghouse. Correct. I was like, this is like, I don't even, I don't need them to be that comfortable. I'm going to put a pillow or something on the bottom of it. I need a few pieces of wood. And I was like, I don't know, I'll nail them together. It's going to work, easy. did it? I didn't. I got to the store. I was at Home Depot for about a half hour just staring at wood, and then I just went home. <laughs> that, that was my experience. So I went, and I, because I'm, I'm a shooter, so I go, and I wanted a table that I could shoot at. Okay? Long-range shooter table. So You could shoot at, or you no, rest shoot, your gun on? Yeah, here, yes. Yeah. yeah, okay. Okay, so rest your gun on. Yeah, so you could sit down, and oh, you you made that. Yeah, so I made that last summer. That's pretty good. Yeah. Now that is, that is, you know, not exactly, um, you know, beautiful. No, but, but it, it took have me, to be. To no, be it doesn't have to be. Table. So, and I realized I have absolutely no tools. Okay. So what is a commodity? We're entering a world where disposable will not be disposable anymore. Yeah. To remake reuse repair will be important you're not just going to go you won't have the money just to go and go buy something new can you repair it can you build it can you make it now i can't but my son-in-law happens to be a really good carpenter and so we were we were looking for a a piece of wood to make something um, the other day at my house and we were looking for it and i'm like you know i don't have any tool i don't even have a hammer what? I need, well, I do because of my wife, but for years I never had a hammer. When I got married, she insisted that we had at least one hammer. I have some kind of little tools around the house. For uh, okay, so. Hammer, uh, screwdriver. Yeah. yeah. Like so I have a hammer and a screwdriver. That's, that's it. That's what I have. That's it. Maybe, maybe pliers. Um, yes. But that's it. And our, and our toolbox is filled with, you know, picture hooks and and mismatched nails and screws that came from putting yeah. toys together you know 14 christmases ago oh, never yeah. got put together right yeah. you know you're just like i don't know what to do with the rest of this stuff that we bought from ikea <laughs> it didn't fit and the table collapsed within two weeks probably because of these screws i'm gonna put them here just in case the next table collapses too. and i happen to need screws that fit an ikea table mm-hmm. okay we that's all have that. that is exact that's my skills so what is your skill? Now, I have none. I have none. Nobody's going to pay me to come hear my opinion. So what is my skill? I better have one, or at least I have to have the tools that others can say, that I can barter with and say, you know what, you want to use my wood shop? That's great, but could you use that and fix this for me? You know what I mean? What do you have to barter and it could be as simple as food. It could yeah. be simple as sewing. Yep. Can you repair? There, there's this, um, um, hush, I have to get, um, is, in my dressing room is a box. Could somebody go in and get that box? It's like, I don't know, thread hospital or something. I don't know. It's a little box in a chair. Um, 
um, I, I have my favorite pair of jeans that I've had for years. And what a surprise. The ass blows out. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I hate wow. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a surprise! Major what news surprise. Is yeah, breaking in right now yeah. with that one. So they and I was devastated. I'm like, I love these pair, this pair of jeans, and they're not. I mean, you know, they were Ralph Lauren jeans, but I've had them for ten years, and I love them. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I looked at my son-in-law, who is who also runs 1791. And he's a fashion guy. And I said, I love these jeans, and I don't want to throw them away. And he's like, don't. Here, uh, bring that up here, Matthew. He said, don't. He said, repair them. And I'm like, oh, no, then I've got a stupid patch on my butt and everything else. Okay, denim therapy. Denimtherapy.com. And he said, no, just give them to me. I'm going to send them to denim therapy. And I said, what's that? And he said, the most amazing thing ever. They reweave... The gene. Wow. Okay? So it doesn't even look like they've been ripped. They're, they reweave them. And it was, I don't even remember what it was, like 30 bucks? Oh, that's not it bad. Was, it was, it was a lot less far than, less a, new than the, jeans. a new pair of jeans. Yeah. And, but that, I'm, I'm not saying you now go to denim therapy, but A, that's a way to save money is we have to start doing what our parents used to do. But my Darning mom, socks and repairing Yes, repairing stuff. And all that kind of stuff. And your, can you, your wife, your daughters, your son, anybody repair Fortunately, anything? my wife has skills. I'll be killed yes. and eaten. She will stay alive. I'm with you. Better I'm with you on that. Skills. I'm yeah. with you on You that. better develop you them. No, your, your skill is you're married to her. Yeah. Right? That's I, skill. You've can I tell you? you I know. Can, I, can I tell you what our skill is? Can I tell you what our skill is? has to be for the family. Both Pat and I are in decent amount of pain every day, and we're not healthy. Mm-hmm. Our skill is get healthy. Yeah. Because a diminishing commodity. I'm very good at that skill right now, but I I'm know. trying to develop it. A diminishing, diminishing commodity mm. is healthcare. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're not going to have the kind of healthcare well, if this stuff happens. Do you well, know, they're, I mean, they're touting, they're touting. Um, uh, the, you are bringing me down right now. They, they've yeah. been touting how, how great Fidel Castro is this week. The average doctor in Cuba makes $25 a month. 25 bucks a month I had in Cuba. Yeah. And here's the great thing. If you go into the hospital, you have to bring your own sheets, your own towel, um, your, I think your own food. Mm. I mean, it... Might as well We've lived it up for a long time on our grandchildren's dimes. That's for the normal people. The party elite, the communist yeah. party elite, go to a really nice place right. that Michael Moore was taken well, to. That's right. right. Or the Cleveland Clinic yes. if they get really sick. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's probably a lot of people in the audience that are, I think, like me, who would listen to this and say to themselves, look, Yes, you're, it would be great in that situation that if society breaks down, I have a wood shop. I mean, sure, that would be great, but society's not going to break down, or it's so unlikely that uh, there's no point in doing these things. That's how I think I used to be, and that would be my general view of these things. Um, so what I like about it is the sort of dual threat stuff. Like you talked about health is a good example, but food is a good example of it. it you, know, we t- you know, we talk about my Patriot Supply as one of our advertisers here, and they do this. You have a food storage. Um, this is something that if society does not break down, you have extra food. 
If you have a natural disaster or something like that, you have a few days of food if you have to get through a few days. See, if things I, go really bad. When, when I used to think, because Pat was on food storage, when, when he, was, he was storing wheat. Yes. And I remember said to, uh, saying to him, good, I'll come over and we'll have a big bowl of wheat. <laughs> right. You know, what the hell are you, not even flour, wheat. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was completely absurd. Did you grind it into flour? Right. But yeah, but not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to spend the money. And then if it doesn't happen, it's wasted. My Patriot supply is different because right. I would eat that. It's really good. Yeah, it's just good food. Right. You have so good food. You, know. you, you start, you know, 20 years from now, you got five years left, eat the year's worth of food over a five-year period, and it's good. Yeah, so your worst case scenario is you have extra good food. Uh, the best case scenario, well, you know, the worst case scenario is actually society dissolves and you have a food storage to feed yourself and you have a commodity as you're talking about. But then the best case scenario is you have some extra good food that you can eat whenever you feel like it. Because even if it's not a catastrophic breakdown, even if it's not, look, Weimar Republic, that lasted three years. Yeah, three, uh, you're talking about hyperinflation. Hyperinflation lasted three years. It was scary for three years, but people made it through. And some people had prepared some people had um enough things for instance did you see they just somebody just returned was it a rembrandt or something the families that had art they traded it for their lives later it was just returned because somebody had traded that and said get my family out of here and gave them a painting that today is worth a fortune um that's a commodity but the, you don't. We hear about those stories. We don't hear about the people in Germany who were middle class, who had saved not money, but had seen things coming on the horizon, had maybe lived on a farm, had paid off their debts, had um, food enough that were able to barter with people in the town. Look, I'll grow some food or. I have extra food here. Let me give you some food. Will you give us this? Because we need an extra gallon of gas or whatever it is. It's the idea, the commodity, the only idea of a commodity is what can you trade for? What, what, what will somebody, and here's the great thing, and this is why, you know, art is a big commodity. That's why when you see things like what's happening now, art's going for record prices. It's because nobody knows what to do with their money. And so art's going up for $85 million. Well, here's the great thing is, if you had art, now most people don't, but think of this in all categories, all the way down to food. When it comes to art and diamonds and things like that, you could be so desperate, that art doesn't mean anything to you anymore. In fact, the world could be so bad that the actual Antichrist could be here and you could be standing next to Jesus and the writings on the wall. Nothing's going to be worth anything ever again. But somebody in the room will go, are you kidding me? I could get that piece of art for a deal right now. Yeah, I'll trade that for that. People react differently. What is it they will need? And then on top of that is what will people want? What will people think will come back and that's going to be worth a lot of money when we get past this crisis? We should uh, talk to Chris about all those scenarios next time. Uh, you know, how, how do you prepare for all these eventualities? Just a really, really bad recession or, I, I really or depression wanna, or a total economic... I, wanna, I want him to, over the next couple of episodes, I want him to break down um, what I, why I think... What's coming is coming. 
because it will also help you when you see people say, hey, we need trade tariffs and we need this. You'll understand really what that means. When I tell China that, we're, that they're currency um, debasers, what does that mean? And, and what, how will they translate that historically speaking? So that is uh, coming up on the program. And by the way, tonight on the Blaze TV, an absolute don't miss. It's the pendulum, part one of the pendulum from the vault tonight. Now this, 2016 is almost over. Get healthy, get happy. Good night's sleep is paramount. And a Casper mattress will do it for you. The better you sleep, the better you'll feel. We love our Casper mattress. Pat loves his. You're going to love yours. With 100 nights, you try it out for a third of the year. I mean, imagine going to a car dealership and having them give you a car for a third of the year. For a third of the year, you try it out. If you don't love it, they'll refund every penny and pick it up. Casper.com. Right now, try it out uh, for 100 nights. Get $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. It's Casper.com. That's Casper.com. Offer code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. It's amazing how we were just uh, we were just talking um, off air about Stu uses what is it Air Taylor Air Taylor yeah you just you know you just basically you communicate through text and then you send uh, if you have clothing that needs to go out how many times how many men have a pair of pants that need to be tailored yeah you know that the, the cuff has to be done. And you, they're sitting in your closet forever. Yeah, so you send it in to them, they send it back to you in a package, and it's done. You don't have to stop anywhere, you don't have to break up your day, you don't have to you deal with people. Just put a pin in your pants? Just put one pin in, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's great service. Or, it's airtailor.com? Airtailor, yeah. Airtailor. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. 